How's it going, everybody? And welcome back to your favorite Swimbait podcast, Scales and Tails, episode 58 today. 58, man, that, that's crazy to say. First first official recording of 2023, too, so that's pretty, pretty kick-ass. And I'm joined by two special guys, two special guys that have a pretty hectic schedule and uh and we we've been we've been trying to do this since like may may so we uh, we finally got around to it and uh, i'm i'm very excited for it i'm joined by uh by tom tom and tyler the guys behind swimbait scrutiny i'm sure you guys are familiar but if not we'll uh, we'll dive into that a little bit more later but tim or tom and tyler how did you guys or just introduce yourselves first off uh first of all happy new year Yes, happy new year. Um, yeah, so me and Tom, we've been friends since uh what fifth grade? Fifth grade, yep. So we're just old school buddies and um we both got into fishing with our dads like mo- most guys. But um I was always fishing conventional pretty much my whole life. And back in 2013, I moved to Pennsylvania for work for 4 years. And I kind of lost touch with fishing a little bit, but I always kept t- in touch with Tom. And um, when when he found out I was moving back in 2017, he's like, he 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 has he's been into the swim baits a lot longer than me. Okay. So he started sending me. He's like, I, w- once you move back, I told him I was buying a boat. He's like, oh hell yeah. He's like, you got to get into the big bait game. And I'm like, what? The- fuck are you talking about and he, yeah he starts sending me these pictures of all these big baits and i'm like why is he sending me like saltwater shit i'm like I... so like he basically had to educate me and once he did like i was like full on board and it like consumed my life because one night he sent me um mike gilbert's youtube channel oh yeah that that just that shit like spoke to my soul i stayed up like all night watching those videos and as soon as I moved back, me and Tom just were linking up nonstop, and he was just educating me on the big bait stuff and giving me a lot of advice and sometimes letting me learn shit the hard way. <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, I, like I said, we've been friends since fifth grade, and I'm 36 now, so it's been a while. But uh, I grew up fishing with my dad just like Tyler since we were little kids. And I got into tournament fishing when I was on uh, Camp Pendleton in California with the Marine Corps. And shortly after I got out is when <clears throat> I, I think it was, it was a local guy. Uh, we had a bunch of Hobie kayaks. And I only really fished conventional too back then. And he was big into, uh, not big, but had a good collection of big swim baits. And the first time he let me throw one, it just, that's when I gave up conventional, like right away. It was the same year I stored all my stuff, and then two, three years later, I just gave it all away to all my friends' kids, and I just went big swim baits only. Damn, dude, that that is crazy. Yeah, it was an addiction, you know, because <laughs> it was fun. It's like you know, throwing Ned rigs is great, and crank. I was like a big crankbait and jig guy. Like I love huge jigs and just fishing them real slow. So naturally, like Tyler mentioned with Gilbert. Um, the first real swim bait that I was introduced to was a battle shad. So it was like, I don't know, I still have them downstairs. I want to say it was, you'd have to ask Mike, <laughs> but it was probably like the, the second run he's ever made. Uh, I used to just fish him just like a big jig. Probably like and, 2015, maybe. Uh, I think is when he started swimming. Probably 15, yeah. Um, 
and it was just one of those things where uh you you went you dropped all those two three pounders and it just seemed to you know almost every trip for the ponds i was fishing at the time you know we had a, a running joke that I was the five pound guy because I would catch five pounders every time we went out, but I could never get over a six <laughs> for like two years. And and before we go any further, let's just make sure everyone knows we live in New Hampshire. Oh yeah, yeah. You got you have like guys from the south that are like talk about five pounders like they're nothing for us. Oh, five I know, dude. Is a decent fish. Yeah, more than decent. <laughs> like, really, five pounders is a good nugget. That's why I got into swim bait so hard because the first year tom got me into this i caught more five pounders that first year on swim baits than i did my entire life conventional fishing so for me to switch from conventional to swim baits was a no-brainer yeah exactly it's it's always super funny to have guys on like um california texas just down south in general and they talk about going out and catching a bunch of sixes in a day and like oh yeah we, we didn't we call it one eight, but that was about it. I'm like, that's about it. I'm like, that's <laughs> like an eight season. is a fish of a lifetime for us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's it's brutal, but it's, it's also cool to think that like you can go out there and you could do it on a constant basis that you can catch good fish from where you're at almost exclusively every trip, if not every other trip, if it's a bad day. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's a thing that, uh, was, it was more, of. I always equate it to like sea time, you know what I mean? So uh, like track driving or drifting or whatever, it's like, yeah, maybe you can do it. But the, the more you go to that same track, the more you learn the layout, the more you learn corners and what you can do and what you can't do. And swim bait fishing to me was the same thing where I had my, you know, we'll call it like dozen, you know, ponds and lakes that I, I liked that were within a reasonable driving distance. And over the past, you know, however many years it's been since we'll call it 2015, I've gone through every inch of those places with my, it was my style and my, my mindset, but it got me to the point now where I know with the right weather, right time of year, I know I'm not skunking and I know I'm producing. And then introducing Tyler to it, uh, probably stepped my game up you know, three times, if not more, because he fishes completely opposite from me. So having the contrast was a, a big eye opener because I was just stuck in my own little pizza box, you know, and then Tyler comes over with his and it's like, now we get to combine and, and become one disastrous unit, you know, <laughs> we, we really do do great together. It's, it's awesome. Yeah, dude, that's so sick. One thing. Um, so did you guys, did you guys grow up in New Hampshire? Yeah, yeah, we ironically we actually grew up within. I used to ride my bike to Tyler's neighbor's house uh, often. Like he was that close to me, probably not even five miles. Yeah, I'd say maybe three miles yeah. away. Damn. So before we even had driver's licenses, we were hanging out. We didn't know right. we didn't fish back then, but we were we were friends, you know. Yeah, that's what I was gonna ask. What was it like to grow up fishing in New Hampshire? Because New Hampshire is not like a crazy big state by any means. Right. Well, pre-internet. It was rad because it was like, like I said, we said earlier, it's like a five pounder was a good fish. Yeah. And I have a drawer full of uh, old, you know, film photos for me and my dad fishing together when I was, I don't know, six, seven years old. And I, I was catching three, four, five pounders back then on those little uh, Mr. Twister swim baits. They're like the size, <laughs> like a shiner, you know? Yeah. Like yeah. Two lock hook, you know, all ghetto and shit. 
and uh, I have all those photos still. So meeting Tyler, I felt like we were already on the same level because he has the same things. This like giant, giant small mouth, huge largies as, you know, fifth and sixth graders. <laughs> yeah, so we thought definitely. it was great. And then the internet came around and we realized that we were catching most people's rats, you know? <laughs> yeah, I yeah. did a lot of uh, like tournament fishing with my dad growing up and it that that got old really quick seeing like how those guys can be so i just enjoy going out with no pressure fishing for the biggest fish i can find rather than tournament fishing right that's exactly how i am like uh my buddy my buddy's super big into fishing tournaments and he always invites me along and uh the 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 magic words that get me to go is i'll pay your entry fee and i'm like okay i'll i'll come with like what's it matter but like that's i just i just go out there to have a good time and He's always like, well, you need, you need to crack, you need to crack at least two on the swim bait. They need to be at least four. And I'm like, dude, like, <laughs> not necessarily, not necessarily asking a lot, but it's like, <laughs> I'm trying to have a good time too while I'm out here. Like you're putting right. a lot of pressure on me. <laughs> no, I hear that. Usually that's how t Tyler and, our, and I are to each other though now. Cause it's always like, uh, we, we both, Tyler's go-to baits are like, uh, like Gilbert stuff, like, battle shads and things like yeah. that citizens so he's nice slow rolling shit on the bottom and i'm more of like a wink and wake and crank guy so generally we go out your favorite swim bait podcast is now proudly sponsored by leviathan rods leviathan rods is a texas-based fishing rod company that's handcrafted and uses high-end made in the usa rod blanks every sale from leviathan helps support foster youth and their families with leviathan rods you're not only going to feel a difference but you're going to help make a difference too Friends of the show will also get 20% off their rod purchases by using code SCALES20 at checkout. So whether you're fishing a depth 250 or a square bill, make sure you're using the best rod choice out there, Leviathan Rods. It's whoever hooks up first starts shit talking, and then by the second fish on whoever that line was... Then we just switch. Then we just switch. <laughs> we both end up throwing, not the same baits, but we'll be in the same water column doing the same tactics like bump and cover bump structure whatever the deal is you know yeah yeah that that's funny um so is is there a lot of water in new hampshire like is it like a lot of ponds is there some lakes how is it set up out there so there's the lakes region where there's maybe four five or six decent sized lakes but then there's just these small backwater ponds literally scattered throughout the entire state yeah like hundreds if not more like it's you, you'd have a hard time if you're driving, like, back roads, cruising around or whatever. I'd say within 10 miles, you're hitting a body of water. It may not be anything crazy. Like, it might be, like, a, a Hobie spot or, like, we'll throw my craw down these little dinky spots. But you'd be surprised. We've, we've been to some. They're now popular. But, you know, like I said, five, six years ago or whatever, these, like, side of the road full of houses around them, ponds where you know i've had my pbs out of them a couple times you just never would suspect it yeah dude that's that's crazy and like it's crazy that it, it got to be a big thing like when the internet rolled around like people probably started posting pictures and they're like oh my gosh i've passed yeah. that going to work every single day like i'm gonna stop there and fish this weekend yeah i say that in covid covid kind of i had pre-covid i had two honey holes that's what I call them, that were, I found on Google Maps, 
and there's no houses, there's no nothing. You're in the middle of nowhere, tons of loons, moose, deer, you name it. And for, you know, realistically, probably a solid three years at this one spot, I never saw another human being. And I'd go during the week, on the weekends, you know, sun up to sundown, at night, you name it. I never saw a soul. And then I remember during COVID, I took some time off of work, pre-spawn. And that same spot that I love, I remember I pulled in, there was like four trucks there. And mm -hmm. since then, it's just been blown out. That's, that's the, freaking crazy. The funny thing is, like, we complain about that, but we're also part of the problem because <laughs> we're, up, we're uploading videos on YouTube of where we're fishing and stuff. <laughs> Whoops. But yeah. It, it, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you'll get uh, that. My thought process is if someone recognizes a body of water in the video, they already know about that spot. I mean, maybe right. they know about the caliber of fish, but there, there's. I truly think there's good fish in almost every body of water. So just, yep. how do you catch them? Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What's, um, what is your guys' seasons like? Like when, like, is the fishing worth a damn at all right now? Do you guys have ice? No, or no it, we got a thin layer of ice pretty much everywhere except the rivers right now. But we pretty much are fishing, uh, if we're lucky, like mid-March till early november realistically more like april to end of october yeah pretty much halloween is like even the weeks leading up to halloween i usually have the crawdad already put away and we'll just take tyler's boat out to be miserable really yeah we'll just freeze to death for all bundled up just trying to find some fish in 30 degree weather right is are the guys out in new hampshire like the other guys who are fishing um, maybe not even necessarily conventional or just swim baits. Are they hardcore? Like, do you guys see people oh, yeah. at these lakes? Oh, uh, yeah. There, there's some hardcore guys in New England for sure. Yeah, we we got a couple friends. Uh, Six hundred three bass, now known as uh, Real Northern Bass. Those guys were just out two days ago. Yeah, in I saw full snow gear. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but like they're, they're, uh, the water's ice. Pro they're out there in their boat chugging along, breaking holes through. Like they're savages. Yeah. Propane heaters. Yeah. <laughs> and they still they're still catching giants, you know? Like they're uh more conventional than swim bait, but they make it work. And it's it's impressive. I give them a lot of credit because I'm way too miserable to be going out there and freezing my tits off like that, throwing because right now it's all I really throw is battle shots. Because that's the only thing you can creep slow enough on the bottom, and it's like eight hours of misery, you know? Yeah, yeah, just letting the soft baits sit down on the bottom and try not to freeze your ass off. It's like, is is this worth it? <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, exactly. Like we, uh, the my, the river out in front of my apartment froze up this last weekend, and it finally just thawed out. And I went out there Friday because I got out of work early and fished a little bit. Nothing. I fished today. Fucking nothing. I'm like, well, at least I'm out here. Beats sitting yeah, inside. At least you're getting the line wet, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is is there a big population of guys in your area who are swim bait fishermen at all swim bait fishing in new england is actually pretty popular yeah it's, yeah that's what it's, I thought. it's gaining traction quick yeah the infamous uh pat swim baits yeah as i'd say i'm uh, in there yeah pat probably lives i don't know hour and 40 minutes two hours from uh where i live in manchester and those dudes down there are—they're all just sicko swim bait dudes. It's—it's it's actually it's—it's it's awesome. Like our little, we have like little teeny conventions again. Back before, like hype baits were a thing. Uh, 
Tower and I used to go to this convention in Mass, and it was more, it's all conventional essentially at the time, but it was mostly like as seen on TV bullshit, like set it and forget it ovens and like beef jerky dudes and whatever. Yeah. Uh, but we would go down there because the, the community was already super tight. So now that things have gotten crazy and the hype has turned into something with swim baits, now we go down there. We still get to see the same guys we've been talking to for forever, but it, the places are swapped. Like, dudes outside the night before sleeping in tents to be the first in line at the biz booth, you know? Yeah, they're yeah. setting up ice shanties. <laughs> it's, it's, it's crazy. Just, and, to, just to get a piz bait. <laughs> yeah, we just show up at noon and drink some beers and hang out and talk to everybody. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's, that's crazy. I, I want to come out to the, the Boxborough show, right? That's the one that's happening yep. in a couple weeks. Yeah, that's one of them, yep. Yeah, I, that's I'd the better out. of them is the Boxborough one. That's Especially now, because like, uh, I don't know if Mario's coming up this year from OD, but he was there, Piz was there. Lanciati was there, Sharpa was there. Like you had the the top dogs from yeah. the internet, you know, were showing up in Massachusetts, which was it was just it's just wild to to go in there and like people watch because some of these guys they're dedicated to say the least, you know. Yeah, dude, it's it's crazy. Like like you had said, how how big of a thing it is in in like uh, in New England, like because. I mean, the past page, that's like all it is. Like, I feel like an outsider because I'm not even close to that side of the country. And like, I'm just seeing all these guys meeting up and, and, and just, you know, going out and fishing and stuff. I'm like, damn, like, that's badass. Like, I wish, I, I guess I'm torn. Like, I wish I had a, a group of guys like that, but I'm also like pretty glad I don't because I don't want it to be like some huge thing that everybody's doing like in my area. But I mean, it's a trade off, I feel like. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah it's, it's definitely. You know, one hand, it's great because, you know, my contact list on my phone is 90% <laughs> fishing friends. Uh, but at yeah. the same time, it's like when, like Tyler mentioned earlier, I had a, a couple of years ago, I had a pretty good day where I stuck three five pounders in this body of water that's not too far from here. And the next day, one of my Instagram friends was there DMing me because he caught two five pounders there. Which is fine. That's like cool, man. So it's it's everybody's water, but it's one of those things where it's like, oh, now because I did so good, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna give this place a break for like three weeks so they don't see a swim bait, and I'm gonna come back and get that giant that I missed, and that's no longer a, an option really around here, you know? Yeah, and I feel like uh, I I was talking to somebody in the DMs. I don't remember who it was. I think they were from Mass, and they were talking about like, yeah, like you you can tell that these fish are starting to realize what a wake bait is like you're not you're not going out and catching nearly as many fish as you used to because Absolutely. these fish are seeing these baits a lot more than they were you know four or five years ago three years ago yeah yeah the, the first year like tom started getting me into the big baits he, he took me to this one specific spot we would just crush it and just within three years the place is just kind of like dead with the big bait bite like i think that fish just they're learning really quick on like what these things are yeah uh, and uh i i i'm in that in that uh, book the by bill murphy the pursuit of giant bass or big bass whatever whichever one it is um he talks about how like it it's everybody puts it off but like these fish pass shit down to their to the next generation of fish and he's like why why don't they pass down like their their knowings of like oh this this is a this is a fishing bait and this is a real thing and it's kind of like holy shit like 
if that's the case and these fish are pretty damn smart like could you imagine fishing like 10 20 years ago and just imagine being how lights out it is because these fish have never seen anything like these swim baits dude i daydream about that all the time <laughs> yeah. i always wonder i'm like man what if I could go back like 15 years yeah, and throw yeah. a battle shot in this pond? I'm like, dude, I'd have the state record. <laughs> I know I would, you know? Yeah, they, these fish are a lot smarter than I think most people give them credit for. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I And that's the thing, like, it's um, reading that book, it's like, not necessarily hyping myself up, but it's like, holy shit, like, are these bass really like that much smarter than I think they are? Or... Is it kind of us just just putting it in our mind that they are? But I I mean I they're not dumb that's for sure. Like they they have an idea what's going on and like what baits are and stuff. But it's I don't know it it's easy to overthink. I feel like yeah it's it's definitely if you focus on that too much you're gonna lose your mind. Like yeah if you, the way I started looking at it more recently with you know all that we've talked about considered is I think fifty percent if not more of the time you're making an educated cast right yep. yeah and you just happened to put that thing in the right spot at the right time mm -hmm. you're not necessarily drawing them in all the time i think most of the time you're you're triggering a bite versus them naturally coming up and hammering on whatever you're throwing but with that being said I, I know I keep bringing up Mike's name, but with all the baits I've gone through over the years and Tyler's gone through and the baits we've shared and all that trash, the only, for me, just being who I am, not bringing anybody else into this, when we go out to certain high, high, high pressure spots, the only confidence bait that I can have is a battle shad or a citizen because A, they always get bit, but B, me and Tyler have fucked around because you can kind of tell the gauge of the fish once in a while, or at least with how the day is going. You'll get a hit on a battle shad, and I'll, you know, Tyler will yell at me and go, "Hey, look!" And you can count to like a hundred. That fish still has that bait in its mouth. They think it's real. So it's like that's kind of like the only like now that I'm sharing it. It's like our cheat code that is now out there for everybody to listen to. But it's it's. It's coming down to that where, like you said earlier, they, they're, they're catching on to, you know, say, wake baits. I think not all of them, but, like, for the most part, they're learning. Yeah. And the only thing we've been able to fully trick those high-pressured spots with are battle shots. Right. The other, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. Uh, the, the other thing we struggle with is we're trying to produce content, right? Yeah. Yep. In New England, the easiest way to catch a giant is at night. Yeah. So that that's doesn't, that doesn't do video. us any good if we're trying to make like content for YouTube and shit. So it's like we're like struggling with, oh, do we want to go out tonight and catch a PB or or sleep in and go out tomorrow and try and make some content? So where it's like it's a constant like mental battle with like yeah, what we're trying to do. <laughs> yeah. Um. And that's like I think like honestly, I I think the New England area because I feel like it's going to breed a lot of good ideas in the next couple of years. We we're talking about the wake baits and how, how it's a, like a big thing. And then, you know, all of a sudden somebody, somebody makes an oversized crawler, like a swim bait size crawler and people are catching fish and then everybody's buying crawlers in, in the States. Like, I feel like if you're a builder up there, you, 
you're kind of ahead of the curve. Like you, you have no choice but to innovate and, and start building something new before before these fish stop eating what they're eating now. And I feel like there's just there's some guys up there that have come up with some stuff that I feel like maybe wouldn't have been made in the next year or two by other builders anyway. Yeah, I think you're. That's a really good point. I never actually thought of that. That's um. Yeah, I I got. I think because I'm like trying to process like the last couple of years, uh, the if you know like the the mainstream hype baits, if you will, at least half of them have been from New England. Yeah. Yep. That's wild. Yeah, it's a good way to look at that. And I mean, even just like you guys specifically, but even the the East Coast in general, like you guys, there's guys out there that are just building stuff that people are catching fish on, I guess. And it's they're kind of maybe not necessarily paving the way, but they're but they're putting the bricks down for for something else to be built or uh, improved on in the next couple of years within even. Yeah, they're definitely very innovative. Like, I don't know if you got to throw a, a psycho bill yet from Lance Audi. No, I actually I had I had a psycho trout that I gave away at the gathering. Ooh. I wish I kept it. Every spring, you just see all it's these guys posting giant fucking fish with this gill hanging out of its mouth. So I yeah. got I got one like probably two years ago now. I think from Chris, I got that bubonic one. Uh, and I remember the the first time I threw it, I was like, "What the fuck is this thing?" Because again, I'm like super set in my ways. Like I I know what I like. I know it yep. works for me. Yeah, I'm like a a boomer when it comes to that shit. <laughs> I threw this bait and I was like, "It was, dude. You could feel every head shake in the rod seat. Like if they're that violent. I'm like, yeah. how the fuck? It's like it was like the third cast of the thing I hooked up. I'm like, oh wait a minute. But it's like you said, it was just Joey was he's just ahead of the ball. You know, and he happened to produce this. This it, it looks, I guess, with swim base, you don't really have a huge variation as far as visual looks. But I don't own anything that swims like that. The it, only bait I have like that is Joey's. That's it. To me, it swims like a giant a wiggle wart. You remember those little like yeah, yeah. that's <laughs> and they kill those things used to kill in the spring, and his bait kills in the pre-spawn. It's like insane. Well, anyways, we we're lucky enough to link up with him and do a collab we're actually going to be dropping some of uh those baits pretty soon dude the artwork that uh uh top water boys did that thing was sick yeah that came out yeah. great <laughs> i think i'm gonna try to get some pictures done uh hopefully this week to try to get them posted by this weekend of the actual baits themselves every single one's different we uh our mutual friend chris from bubonic hand-painted every single one so they're all their own unique style their own unique patterns that's but they're all you know bleeding gills like you see in the artwork and uh they're it's gonna be great they're gonna be killers for sure that'll be that'll be freaking sick um so that leads us into a good spot how did you guys start Swimbait Scrutiny? Like, was it just kind of like, oh, we should film and, and make YouTube videos and, oh, let's make an Instagram page and stuff while we're at it? Or how did you guys, you know, get get this off the ground? And what was the idea behind it? So, like, back when Tom was first educating me on all this shit, I had, like, uh, my own personal page and I had, like, this little shitty fishing Instagram page that I would post pictures on and stuff. And as we were getting more and more into hanging out together and fishing, we just started talking about because he when back when I said he sent me the Gilbert videos, I was like, all right, what else you got? And he was like, uh, there's not much else out there. <laughs> so like we just felt there was a, 
opportunity where there wasn't anyone out there really representing New England with the swim baits. So we're like, why not us? So we went for it. We, I switched that page over to swim bait scrutiny kind of before Tom gave me the blessing. And he's like, all right, I guess, I guess we're doing this. <laughs> yeah, Tyler forced us into it. But it was just like he said, though, along that same lines is like, you know, you got Jeffrey out in the, in the Midwest and then Gilbert and there was a few people at the time. You know, this is whenever, like 2018, we'll say. There was a couple dudes making content. But um, I kind of, like, grew up watching, like, skate videos, BMX videos, you know, old-school Japanese drifting videos where there's a lot of action. And it's not necessarily, I guess, like, in today's term, it's not a vlog, right? It's more like a chopped up and decently, or when Tyler does them, really nicely edited video where it's, yeah, you're swim bait fishing, but it's, like, you don't really have to like listen to people talk the whole time. It's more of like, I don't know. It, it's just like a visual. It's, it's cool, visually exciting aesthetically thing. a pleasing, like just to watch. Yeah. The yeah. That's, yeah aesthetically. We're, we're starting to do more and more videos where we like talk and give our own opinion on things. Cause to our surprise, people will be messaging us and actually want to hear us talk, which is kind of mind blowing. <laughs> so when we first started making them, they were like more like just fishing music videos, but we're starting to get more and more into yeah. giving our own thoughts on things and gear and bait reviews and gear reviews and stuff like that. We'll be actually dropping a new video probably by the time this is out. There'll be a new one. So if you're not sick of hearing our voice yet, hop <laughs> over to our channel and check out the video. Hell yeah, dude. And uh, yeah, I know what you're saying about how, how, it, how oddly enough people message you and say you want to hear you talk more because... You know, 50, 58 episodes in, and people people are still asking when the next episode's coming out and who's who's on the next episode. So must be yeah. doing something right. <laughs> right, that's good to hear. It's cool. Like again, it's it's cool to see the community grow, and it, and the more comforting thing is like I kind of like ghost around the internet. I'm not like huge on social media. I'm not like in all the forums, like the beef page anymore, or things like that. I I I'm there. I just don't look. So to see everything evolving where it's to the point now where if somebody burns somebody, it's made blatantly obvious. If a bait maker is slacking and they're taking people's money, not producing for them, they're, they're hung out to dry for everybody to see. And it's, it's kind of making the community, or not kind of, it's making the community better because we're slowly weeding out the people are here for flipping hype baits and for trying to make a buck off whoever. And we're getting like the normal uh, hardcore dude to who go out there and sweat and freeze their asses off to catch, hopefully catch a, a, you know, a trophy fish. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's not hard to sniff out the guys who, who are, who are in it to, to catch the big fish and stuff. Like you can tell, you can, you can scroll through and see comments and, and you see this, you see this guy, write You know, six paragraphs on how, how he fishes X, Y, Z bait or what rod he'd recommend to fish X, Y, Z bait. And you're like, Oh my gosh, like this guy, this guy has, has an idea of what he's doing. And he's, he's, he's sharing it with others. Not necessarily that that matters, but like he, he, he just made it blatantly obvious that he knows, he knows his stuff. And that's just what it comes down to. I think. Yeah, it's it's great to see, especially the dudes that don't have egos about it. You know, that's kind of like Tyler and I's view on this whole thing too. Is 
between, like I said, we both fish, not polar opposite, but very different from each other. So we get, I, in my opinion, the best fishing days because I'll get real frustrated and sit down for 10 minutes and Tyler talk some shit and go, hey, just try it like this. Yeah. And in my head, I'm like, this kid's full of crack. And then I'll go out there <laughs> and do it. And sure, shit, it works. And now it's like, oh, I, I added another trick to the book. You know, like I have another tool in my box now. So I know that, oh, if it's bluebird skies and the fucking moon's out and I still feel the need to throw this style bait, maybe I need to slow down more. Or maybe I need to, you know, target these shaded areas or, you know, find better coverage or whatever the case may be. It's just thinking outside the box. And if you're by yourself, you never get to notice that. So it's like having dudes on like the universe or whatever swim bait page you like who can write those multi-paragraph pages. And it's like, obviously you're going to take them with a grain of salt from, from all over the country, but you can pick up little pieces here and there of tricks that you're like, Ooh, next time I go up, I'm going to try that and see what happens. You know? Yeah. That's what's so dope about the swim bait community is most, most like 90% of these guys were all out, trying to help each other catch the biggest fish. It's like polar opposite of the tournament fishing yeah. that I used to do. That's why yep. when I got introduced to the swim baits, I was like, let's fucking go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's, that's, I mean, it's pretty sick. And we had talked about how there wasn't much uh, stuff out on YouTube a couple, a couple of years ago. And I think there was, there was some guys who don't post anymore for one reason or another. I mean, you had like swim bait chronicles yeah, that dude fishing. was awesome. I loved his videos. Yeah, his stuff was sick. And I think uh, some of those guys don't do it anymore, obviously. But I think the reason that it seems like swim bait fishing is so big is because you have these guys with these huge YouTube channels who make one video a year talking about swim baits. And then you just have guys who got super big into it, like Milliken and, and those guys. And it's just like, oh my gosh, like these, everybody, like the fear kind of goes over you, like, oh my gosh, everybody's going to get into it. And the, the reality behind it is that's, that's probably farther from the truth. Like guys are like, oh my, like they're going to window shop. They're going to be like, oh my gosh, that, that bait's $250. I could never do that. And then they'll go and scroll on Tackle Warehouse and, and see the Roman made mother chaser. And like, oh my gosh, that is so crazy. Like I would never do that. And then they see an S waiver and they're like $30. Like I can, I can buy a, a pack of uh, missile bait D bombs in a mega bass 110 and catch just as many fish. I'm never going to buy that. And I think it piques a lot of people's interest, but it doesn't bring them into the niche group, I feel like. Yeah, for sure. And like back on that, like the cheap bait route there, um, one of my, like how I got more of my friends into swim baiting was on BBZ 50s. Cause at the time, I know there's some sort of weird thing going on with them now, but you know, go back to 2016, 17, whatever the fuck. Yeah. Uh, those things were 35 bucks. Bass yep. Pro had them. Every color you could dream of. And they were always in stock. So I would be like, hey, use this. Reel it in slow. Fish around here, there, wherever. And uh, I got to say, uh, uh, you know, 70, 80% of the dudes I turned on to them then became addicted to swim baits. Off those little, the little cheapies. Cause yeah, the first baits you told me to get was a BBZ Spro 50. MS Slammer and a G2 Shellcracker. You're like, that's a figure those three baits out this year, and then, then worry about the thirteen hundred dollar. Then Yeah, and it, uh, dude, I can't even like. My first swim bait that I ever bought was a Gantrell. Like I had G2 Shellcracker, could never catch a fish on it. 
Um, but but the cheap stuff, like even now, like I I have no problem talking about in in posting pictures of an S Wave One Sixty Eight because I catch so many fish on it. Uh, but I mean, I don't know. I feel like there's there's not a lot of people that that will do that for some reason. I mean, whatever yeah, the reason. Yeah, I've, I've thought about that myself. I, I like I was thinking about maybe this year making like a video about budget budget baits because a lot of guys just getting into it they don't want to hear you telling them to go buy a $300 bait they want they want to just dip their toes in you know yeah exactly and i mean i have i have no problem i'll go about and buy a $300 bait but i know there's guys out there who who maybe have been doing it for a year or two and they're still hesitant on it and i mean obviously everyone has their own opinions but th those beginner baits like I, I have it on my list of baits to buy this year is another Gantrell because I caught so many fish on it. I'm like, that thing just straight up catches fish for whatever reason. Like, it's just, it's a killer bait for what, like 30 bucks. Like you just, you exactly. cannot, you cannot catch more fish with another bait in my opinion. Yeah. And the most important thing is you want to throw these baits where they're tough to get into spots. So you like a lot of guys, if they can't really afford a $300 bait, they're not going to want to be throwing it into a, a lay down where they're not sure if they're get get it back mm -hmm. so it's better off starting you know cheaper yeah exactly <clears throat> and and they're like they're so readily available too you can buy five yeah. of them and go out and lose four of them in a day be like oh well, i'll go buy another four next week or whenever right. that's that's to me that's like the the biggest point because like with the guitar we're gonna do another video here pretty soon which we, we talked about in the videos coming out recently so you guys will see that but uh like my top three go-to baits you can you can literally buy on any website right now. They'll be at your house in like three days, right? You know, like, like my <laughs> when the going gets tough with me and Tyler. Like if you can go back to our videos and it's more than once this has happened. It's funny, but it's my slammer. Like I have a, a I bought it back in like the summer of 2015. It's just like a, a green frog looking perch colored whatever green a nine inch slammer. And every single time we're, you know, seven hours in and skunking, I just go, this is enough. I'm done. I'll grab my slammer, and it's, I'm not even kidding you, Tyler will back it up. Dude, Adrian. A, a couple <laughs> casts in. Fuck this guy in a couple casts. <laughs> every time. I'll throw that thing all the way into the back of pads, 30 yards in the pads, and just slowly walk it with, like, the tip of the rod and just shake the head back and forth. It walks through the pads like a frog. I never get stuck. And half the time, I catch a fish out of it. And then I'll throw a slammer in the weeds and, and pull back four pounds of weed sometimes. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing with, that? with your wrist where you get this back with no weeds on? And then he's throwing it out at, like, 2 p.m. with no wind and no sun and getting bit. Like, fuck off. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's that's crazy. Um, I, I want to talk about the night fishing thing, but before we get into that, like... How has your guys' um, fishing style changed from when you first got into swim baits? So when I first got, very first got into swim baits, fishing with a couple guys, Tom being one of them, uh, me and my dad bought a, a brand new bass boat. So I would invite Tom out and he's fishing off the back. And I'm used to tournament fishing, right? So I'm throwing these big baits, but I'm fishing fast as if I'm tournament fishing. And I can just feel like Tom getting frustrated in the back of the boat, but not saying anything. So eventually couple guys were like, dude, you got to slow down. So I fish way slower now than I used to. I think for me, probably similar to what Tyler said with the speed thing. I mean, sometimes 
I like this weird thing of however I start a season with whatever baits I'm throwing and whatever, you know, retrieves and whatnot, it kind of like sticks throughout the year. I do find that I fish too fast still, even today. Yeah. Um, but as far as like your original question, I think, especially now fishing with Tyler so much, every, I'd say probably seasonally, if not even more often, I'm learning and changing. So I don't, I can't say like the beginning of last season in the spring, I fished a certain way, but come, you know, like the fall run, if you will, I, I'm drastically different already. Plus with the seasons in New England, they're so drastic from each other. You have to adapt season by season. You can't be like, I don't know how it is in other parts of the country, but from spring to summer to fall, it's, the conditions are so drastically different. You, ha- you have to adapt to each and every one. Yeah, same here. Like in the spring, dude, it's for about a month and a half straight, it's hard to find a day under like 20 mile an hour winds. And in the summer, usually pretty calm, uh, minimal rain, but just pretty hot. Always sun's always out. And then fall, you kind of get a mix of all three. Yep. And then it just tapers out in the winter. But I, I definitely, I understand that. And I definitely understand the fishing too fast thing. That's why I think I can never catch a fish on a wake bait is because I'm used to fishing my glide baits so fast and stuff that it just, it is just second nature to reel fast. And I, I think I'm fishing slow, but apparently probably not slow enough from what I've been able to tell. Yeah. Uh, with those it. wake baits, bomb long ass cast and just work them. Most of them anyways, work them just really slow. Cause those fish, they're just following that thing to your boat. And the more time you can give them to stare at that bait and decide to eat it, the better. Yeah, it's gotten, it got to the point for me, um, probably like three years in, that I geared down all of my reels to the point where, like, it was almost uncomfortable because I was catching bigger fish, and I'm seeing them, like, in the water, the white flashes, you know, their belly when they're shaking, and I'm reeling 4,000 miles an hour, and the thing's, like, not even moving, my but God. it kind of yeah. trained my brain to, like, to, to, to pick a good cadence that's slow because for up here at least i mean i have caught in fish like ripping paths back to the boat because like i had a shitty cast or whatever and some little nugget will go four thousand miles an hour and crush it but we especially now that we have videos it's like going back and critiquing almost like a football player would of like game tapes i get to re-watch how i fish and i'm like oh weird the last you know three fish over five i caught you know, I, I had put my rod down for a second or I was watching a bird for 20 seconds and the bait just stopped. It sat dead in the water and then it was like three reels in, it got crushed. So having that, the recordings is a, is a big benefit to tweaking, you know, like you said, how, how often do we change our fishing style? It's, it's yeah. literally, yeah. it's almost every trip. Yeah, we go back and watch our videos and we'll notice like I'm talking shit to Tom and I stop reeling and then I get bit and I turn my head and set the hook. It's like shit. Maybe I should be pausing these baits more often. Like yeah. little, little stuff like that you pick up watching these videos back. Yeah, and that's like a, a lot of guys talk about like, oh, I don't want I don't want to do do video because I don't want people to see my spots. But you guys just touched on doing it like like it's like it's game film. Like you go home and you watch it and you kind of break down what you were doing wrong or right. And like I always I always talk about like 
So when I catch a fish and I don't have a GoPro or anything on, I'll go back to fishing and I probably, I might not catch a fish for 10, 15 minutes, but, and then I go home and I'm like, I, I just am content with it. And then I watch it on video. And after a fish, I start fishing this bait completely different. And for some reason yeah. in my head, I thought that was how I was fishing it. Yeah. You get a little bit too excited. It's, it's the same shit that happens to us. It's like, generally if Tyler gets a strike or a blow up or whatever, I after I like freak out for a second, I ask him, Hey, what exactly were you just doing? Oh, X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, all right, noted. And I'll start fishing the same way. And by feeding off each other like that and being vocal about it, it's just one, it's, again, it's like another one of those little tools you can throw in your box of like, how can you as a, as a team essentially figure out these bodies of water and figure out the fish for that time of day, that weather, you know, that season, whatever it may be. Yeah, exactly. So fishing for anybody who doesn't know, I mean, might be hard to know, but like the New England region is like crazy for night fishing. Like that's like it's it seems like that's all you guys do is night fish yeah. because it just seems to be so effective. It's, my my, my last two PBs came at night and probably my next two will come at night, which is yeah. frustrating when you're trying to like make content and stuff, but at 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 the base of this, I'm a, I'm a fisherman looking for a trophy bass. So I don't night fish as much as I would if I wasn't, if we weren't trying to create content. If we weren't trying to create content, I might only night fish. <laughs> and I'm the opposite. I fucking hate night fishing. I hate it more than anything, but it, it sucks because that nighttime is the right time is what we always say up here. And that's salt and fresh water. I, I fish salt water a lot. And the biggest fish around here that are caught in surf casting or at night and the biggest large mouth around here that are caught are at night i mean it's, it's just obviously easier to trick these giant fish yeah. at night which i mean it makes perfect sense also a lot of the like we said earlier we have the lakes region which has bodies of water that go down you know 30 60 70 feet um i mainly fish out of my crawdad because all my parking spots are taken up by cars <laughs> so i have a place <laughs> to put a trailer yeah um so most of the bodies of water that i fish you know if you guys watch the channel you'll see pre-spawn i take weeks off of work i don't sleep i don't eat i'm fishing pre-spawn as hard as i can because my bodies of water like the average depth is probably six to eight feet so it's cold in the winter and it's cold pre-spawn but it warms up so fast that those things come to life you have like me and Tyler debated it but like you really only have 14 to 20 days maybe to capitalize on pre-spawn bites and and these you know car topper if you will bodies of water because once it gets warm out outside that water temp goes through the roof and there's spots where like on my depth finder we're hitting 80 degrees of water in the summer which is disgusting. Like, those fish are just buried somewhere in the mud in the middle of nowhere not moving. So the only time they ever come out is at night when the water cools and the bugs come back out and the feeders start moving around again. It, like, do you guys think it's just because those fish aren't used to being pressured at nighttime that it seems to be so successful? I, I honestly just think these bigger fish, like we were talking about earlier, they're not dumb. They're smart, yeah. so I think they just maybe hang out and chill out and hide out during the day, and at night 
when most anglers are off the water is when they decide to eat, but who really knows, to be honest. Yeah, it's, it's so crazy. What, what's your guys' take on the super early or super late wake bait bite? Like when, you know, when, when the ice is going to form like the next two days, like, cause you guys seem to have fish that will eat a wake bait in like 35 degree water. It seems like. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of like my, uh, I'm not going to say specialty, but it's my comfort zone is using wake baits at times that people never will use them up here or really, I guess anywhere like bluebird skies, noon, 90 degree day, PB wake bait od wrap like we have it on film it's like that's i don't know why i almost feel like it's it's almost always uh summertime so like when the chipmunks and squirrels are already done breeding and like all their babies are now big enough to forage on their own yeah i feel like when they're there are a lot of places we fish up you know crazy berry bush overhangs and trees half fall into the water I, I almost feel like they just know that it's once that protein hits the water, it's a free meal for them because the fucking things can't swim and they're all fat. Yeah. <clears throat> so that's kind of like where I've, I've had comments made to me where people are like, how are you catching these fish when it's that temperature, bluebird sky, sun's out on a wake? And again, it, it, kinda, it boils down to confidence, really, but. It's just, it's proven itself over and over and over again. So I just keep doing it. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's so fucking crazy. I, it, I don't know. It, like I said, it might be like rep, rep, replicatable here, but I can't fucking catch, catch a wake bait fish in like the prime time, let alone, let alone in some wicked, wicked time of the year like that, unfortunately. As of yeah, now. I think, I think cause like my, my first real swim bait uh or my first big swim bait if you will was my slammer so i think i learned everything there was to learn about wake bait so early on that that's where the majority of my confidence sits right yeah and so what what are you what are your guys's favorite baits like list a couple of them and then how you guys how you guys like to fish them Oh, uh, so like 70, maybe even 80% of the time I'm fishing soft baits. Right. Bat yeah. I mean, I mainly fish Mike's baits, battle shads and citizens, but, um, I don't know what, what are you throwing? Dep it depends for me on weather and season. Uh, generally I'll, sh I'll have three rods with me. I'll have my wake rod wake and crank rod soft bait rod and the first bait i'll throw if it's i don't really go out early morning anymore uh again watching tape i never caught anything big before you know like 9 or 10 a.m so i don't bother getting up at the butt crack of dawn uh i'll go out there and if the water's right and the wind's right i'll throw like od rat slammer for you know probably the first 20 30 minutes just because like that visual follow or the visual blow up will get me hyped and i'll start really 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 paying attention but if that comes up with nothing i go right so i got a pat's perch that dies probably three to four feet i'd say and uh generally that's where the you know i start catching fish right yeah, yeah. that xlod rat is hard to beat too that heavy knock that that gives off yeah you can't beat that i think 
currently both of our PBs are off that XLOD rat. That's for sure. Damn, dude, that's that's so freaking sick. And I mean, like like we were talking about builders up by you guys. I mean, you guys just named you guys just said Pats and OD. I mean, and then there's there's still you know a handful of other ones up by you guys. Like it's it's crazy how many builders are up that way. How, how, many established, how many established builders are up that way? I'll even add. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's a key word. Established. Yeah. How many dudes are producing quality baits that actually perform that don't screw you over? That you know what I mean? Like that's up here. It's almost like 50-50. Right. New guys yeah. pop up every single season, and now they're gonna probably just get laughed off those pages, and they don't last anymore. But I like live free or die. Those yep, dudes. I, are, say. I could ride my BMX bike to their house from my house and not even be tired by the time I get there. They're down the street from me. Yeah, LFOD, Sherpa, Lanciati, all these guys are yeah. great guys making great baits, pads. Um. There's probably so many we're yeah. getting. There are literally so many. You guys, we're, we're like three beers in, so. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, there's like it's it's freaking crazy the amount of guys. Like, just I've been sitting here just thinking about it, and I was like, oh yeah, LFOD, and then I was like, oh yeah, Passan's up that way, uh, dude. There, it's just it's fucking crazy. It, it's it's wild, man. A lot of it. And that's the whole thing, too, to, like, go back to the universe or, you know, whatever social media page you guys like to follow. It's, like, there's a lot of people out there who will produce one bait in a limited number, type it up, it comes out, people buy it. 90% of the people that buy those things are buying them to flip them, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, they never get fished. They either get hung up and then flipped or immediately thrown on a, a raffle page. And then that, unfortunately, is building hype around the wrong builders. So you have, you know, certain groups of dudes who now their egos blow up and they're producing rats, glides, waking cranks, cranks, like you name it. And the things are, they're just garbage, but nobody ever fishes them because of the price point and the hype point. Yeah. So they're, yep. they're getting this reputation of being a sick bait builder when, yeah, maybe they make nice art, but when it comes to functionality, they're just yeah. not they're not there some guys are just in a rush they make something half decent and they want to release it as soon as possible like we've been dabbling ourselves in making baits but you might not see anything from us for another six years because we're not going to put anything out unless it's absolutely something innovative something new something you haven't seen before but a lot of these guys are just rushing baits to the market just to try and make a quick buck or build hype, you know, get those yeah. Instagram followers or whatever the hell it is. Yeah. And I, you know, I was really surprised um, at, at the gathering. I was surprised that LFOD, they only had a couple baits left, but I was surprised. Like I, I thought for sure that they were going to be gone and there was going to be a lot of them on the, the raffle pages. And I, I mean, it was. I heard the um, outcome of that gathering wasn't the greatest Dude, yeah, it. Uh, I I wasn't sure if you guys were able to be there or not, but it was like a whole bunch of people there, and then they got the bait they were after, and then they all left. Like it was, it was yeah. very odd. I will say that for sure. Not yeah, necessarily was... a bad thing, though. No, from my yeah. point of view, at least. I mean, you know, everybody. It takes all kinds, right? I get it, but like, uh, either last year or the year before at the Boxborough show. Was it last year they had those pop-up shelters out there with the heaters? Yeah, on? yeah, yeah, yeah. It was last year. So those dudes, I remember 
there was a group of guys there on you know eight ten people who don't fish but they they're like those uh they're like pipe beasts, I guess. Oh, flipping bass in the park. Yeah, yeah. They, were like, they, they were literally going inside, non-fishermen. They knew about Piz. They knew about, you know, Mario's OD baits and shit. They were buying the expensive rare ones. And then immediately, I'm talking 15 feet out the door, flipping the things. Yeah, going out to their car, taking a picture on their seat and sending it. Exactly. And it's obviously, you know, it's unavoidable. And to put a good view on it, it's like, hey, you're going to attract more attention to swim baiting, which is good, but not necessarily, that's not really the way that we want it to be promoted, you know? Yeah, yeah. it's kind of with everything, though. People, people flip houses, they flip cars, yeah. and they, they flip baits, so it's just part of it. Yeah, I'm, I don't know, like, I understand it, it's super cool, but it's also, like, if I was a builder, there's like, I don't know, part of me would be like, oh, that's that's sick that somebody's paying that much for my baits. But then it's also like, well, how many of my baits are being held ransom for X amount of dollars that aren't going to be fished? Like then that kind of, especially if you're like a builder who does limited batches and stuff and, and you're not going to have content because half of your baits are on eBay or on one of these pages and nobody wants to pay that much. And so, I don't know, I definitely understand like why builders get so pissed off about it. Yeah, as far as the builder aspect, it's got to be like a double-edged sword because at one aspect, you're like, these guys are flipping baits for 600 bucks, and I only sold it for 120 so exactly. I'm missing out on all that money. But on the other side, it's hyping up their baits, so people are wanting their baits even more. So I, I don't know. It all depends how you look at things. Yeah, yeah it's uh, it's tough, man. And in seeing that at the gathering, like like you guys said, you you had heard that it was kind of kind of different this year. and like I said, you had a bunch of people that came in, got in line for some baits, got those baits, and then left immediately. And it's like, huh, I, I wonder what they were here for. Like, I wonder I wonder why this guy brought all six of his kids, and I wonder why he gave them $300 a piece to go in there. And, <laughs> and they, they left with the mom, and he stayed for another five, six hours to hang out with everybody. Like, huh, yeah. that's weird. Yeah. yeah, that's why we didn't feel the need to make the 13-hour drive. We didn't really have a whole lot of merch like in stock at the time so we're like for it for it to be worth it for us we'd have to have a couple bait collabs and a yeah, whole yeah. shit ton of merch to to make that trip but we'd like to do it someday yeah i think um i don't know i want to figure out something to do this next year at the gathering i don't know what it is like i'll probably have shirts and stuff because uh i'm gonna have the the ability to make my own shirts here in the next couple of days and that'll be super cool and i don't know you just especially being there like when there's when they're like not being a bait builder like like you guys and myself we'd fall into like you have to have a reason for people to stop and that's why i gave away a pats i gave away uh, uh a psycho trout then i gave away a baby paperweight and i'm like these are literally just here because i don't have baits and i need people i want people to like like hear me say oh yeah i'm giving away a pats and then their ears perk up like holy shit this kid's giving away a pats for 20 dollars. all i gotta do is buy a sticker pack like yeah i'm stopping by yeah. yeah. So what are you gonna do with though? You know what I mean? Did yeah. You do exactly. A, did you do a bunch of podcasts while you're there. Uh, I was going to, and then like the problem was that like everybody left, and so I'm like, oh shit. So I have like one episode posted, and I think I have a couple more conversations, but nothing like crazy long. And the problem is, is like it was literally just me at my booth. So I'm trying to sell stickers. I'm trying to talk yeah. on the podcast. I'm trying to 
like walk around and talk to people and i was just like spread so thin like i was like holy shit <laughs> yeah you got to bring someone to like tend your booth so you can go off and like record or something yeah yeah exactly <clears throat> but i i don't know i'm excited uh i'm i think i'm gonna end up going to the texas one i'm not 100 percent sure yet but i'll probably go but the problem is like like you guys said it's it's a long drive like it was uh it was only 14 hours from from michigan to virginia which wasn't crazy bad it was a pretty decent drive but like this texas one is like 16 hours and so my girlfriend and I are like, oh shit! Like, do we fly? Do we drive? And so that's up in the air right now. Yeah, it, it's it's a long trip. It's so long. We're deciding like maybe we should just like start something up in New England, like a New England bait swap or something, just to get people together without having to drive thirteen hours. Yeah, exactly. And like, I I honestly did not realize it was that far for you guys. Like, that's that's fucking crazy. Yeah, we're kind of like in the middle of nowhere when it comes to like the swim bait map. You know what I mean? We got the smallest fish and nothing cool out here. But <laughs> it's that's like Tyler was saying. We we have friends that own like breweries and shit out this way, and like I got friends that own warehouses. So it's like when the time's have, right, yeah, um, it'd be cool to in advance set something up like five six months in advance to have you know a, a couple hundred people maybe show up and just have a, a no ego hangout. Yeah. And then you bring a box with the baits that, like, you're not really into. And just walk around and, like, just shoot like the shit with you, drink some yeah. beers, yeah, whatever you want to do, eat some food, and, like, maybe make some cool swaps, make some new friends, and go your own separate ways without having to worry about people looking for money or Instagram credit or whatever, you know? Dude, I think, I don't know if you guys had heard, because I haven't, like, officially posted about it. I've only talked about it a little bit, but 2023... I'm going to be doing the, uh, the S and T shops tour and, uh, pretty much all it entails is just going to hang out with a builder for a weekend, record Ooh. an episode, um, film, film, like a super like two thousands reality TV show, MTV cribs video yeah. and, then, and, then, and then host a local meetup. And maybe, maybe we could do something. Maybe we could plan something out between yeah, dude, we you know, could. I have a lot of friends around here that own cool buildings that we could definitely take over with ease. Dude, you know, that would with, be... enough, enough, with enough heads up, we can make it happen. Yeah, like we we could plan something that could be pretty kick ass. Yeah. I'm down for sure. Hell yeah, man. We'll we'll have to talk about that for sure. Um, going back to the questions here. Oh, um, what? So we went over your guys's baits and we kind of went down a little bit of rabbit hole, little rabbit hole, but that's that's whatever. Um, what are what are your guys's setups like? What what's the gear you guys are fishing? So at this point, um, we kind of get helped out a little bit with uh, Justin over at Nameless Rods. So we're basically yeah, yep. dedicated to Nameless at this point when it comes to rods. Um, reels, we're a little bit different on reels. I'm, I'm pretty much throwing all Daiwa Tattoolas at this point, 200s and 300s. Um, fishing line, uh, Iser line, Triple X or Braze X are the only two lines I use, mainly a Braze X for soft baits and Iser line is what I throw pretty much everything else on. Yeah, for me, um, I got fortunate enough to use one of Justin's rods, Tyler 1-1 one, one, uh, on the Pats page. I don't even know how many years. A while yeah, ago. Yeah, that's how we got into it. Just I, and, I just won one and then it yeah, just... I was, I was Dobbins just because uh, their customer service is a shit. Yeah. And they have crazy military discounts. And they make nice rods, you know? Right, so yeah. I was like, I was 
pretty much set because, like I said, I'm like kind of a boomer when it comes to this shit. Uh, on Dobbins, so like you know, 807s, I have a couple of those. 806s, I have a couple of those. 795s, I have a few of those, and I have 1908. And then Tyler won that rod from Justin, and I used it and was quite literally blown away. I couldn't believe how balanced and how light it was, and like it almost. It almost felt like cheating, really. It was just, it was, like, too comfortable. So, long story short, yeah, I, I pretty much only throw my nameless rods now. Like, it's, they're just too good, you know. They're, they're the best there. And then, um, I really only throw 300 or bigger series reels. I have giant hands, so, like, Tyler's Tautuas I love, but they're so small, and I'm so used to bigger reels that after, like, four or five casts, I find myself paying more attention to my grip than I am fishing because it's just so different. Yeah, yeah. So I stick with um, my my like go to go to reels are Corrado three hundred ones because I'm left hand. I have to fish left handed. Uh, but they're harder and harder to find now. Like getting them rebuilt costs a shit ton of money because the parts don't really exist like they used to because they're just old reels. So I've kind of switched over to um. The Revo Beasts, I think they're like 50 or 51 series or whatever. Yeah. It's just like yeah. a, a real big reel. And there, I beat the crap out of those things. I've, I've had zero issues with them. So I do that. Yeah. And then uh, I really only throw Eisenhorn. So lot, this last season, I only threw 15 pound test Eisenhorn uh, with zero. Zero regret. Like I, that stuff is perfect for me and what I like. Yeah, we've been dabbling with lighter and lighter line because we're like, why, why the fuck are we throwing twenty pound line when guys are <laughs> we're cat- catching five pound guys <laughs> are catching fifteens with twenty? Like we should be throwing lighter line. We're fishing for like seven, eight pounders max. So this past year we messing around. I, I even have a, a spool of twelve pound just to mess around with, seeing if it helps get more bites. Yeah, dude, Marshall, the homeless fisherman, he'll fish TKs on 12. And then Marshall, shit. I fucking love him. I, I enjoy Marshall too. He's, he's, he's crazy when it comes to line. He, like I said, 15 or 12 for the TK. And then I want to say, like, the rest is all 15. He might fish, I, I think he fishes 20 with the mother, but still, that dude, that's like, that's puckering to me. Like, I'm like, oh man, dude, 12 on a TK. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. Until well, you do it, you I, know? I want to set up a rod for my son he's only 10 with like eight pound line and these little micro swim baits see how he does this year coming up <laughs> let him lose the bait yeah, <laughs> yeah. dude but, um i will say like that i don't know if how familiar you guys are with the with the gracely baits but that thing like it's it's decently small i think it's like four inches or so but dude you yeah. could you could catch like i i've caught i think probably close to 10 fish and I've caught some of my biggest smallmouth this year or last year on the on that bait, and I'm like, holy shit! Like I did not expect it from from just are looking you, at it. Are you fishing that bait with the hooks it comes with? Yeah. So he he gives them size six hooks, I want to say. And I, dude, like I'm pretty bad with drag and like just dragging fish in. And I honestly, I have not bent them out. I think it's just because like it, they are so small hooks and they just get buried into the fish that it really. It, there's just no room for those hooks to bend out because it literally goes into the okay. cheek and it's already at the bottom of the hook. Yeah, so that's where I think I fucked up. I, I, I so I have one of his baits, but the hooks were so small. I'm like, gee, like I just wasn't used to like such yeah. small hooks. So I put bigger hooks on it, but then it fucked up, fucked up the swim of the bait. 
So I have to put those other hooks back on. And it's funny you mentioned smallmouth because we're always trying to like bump up our smallmouth experience yeah. because we suck at it right now. So yeah, we try that's one thing. The last, the last two times we, well, I won't say the last two. The last few times we went out and we we're solely targeting smallmouth. Uh-huh. Uh, both the fish I caught were, I'm not gonna say mistakes, but I wasn't trying. And <laughs> so like, we haven't really figured out. We catch them when too we, much. We catch, we catch smallmouth when we don't mean to. Yeah, don't. Because like we'll go out there, and it used to be, you know, you go back a few years now. We go to one of the bigger lakes that are known for smallmouth. Say we get there at like 8 a.m. and we're gonna be there till sundown. By 9:30, we're fishing for largemouth again. No it's, shit. <laughs> it's so hard to stay dedicated to. And like yeah. this year, we had a few trips that were we never we only chased smallmouth, and we got into a few. But it was like dumb situations where like I I cast like when I first got the tum tum from uh, legal dope. Yeah. I hit the side of a dock with one, and the second it splashed in the water, the thing sucked it up. So, like, it wasn't... It was, like, middle of the day. They were just, yeah. kind of, like, hiding and in the shade. It was on, like, auto mode, you know, because we've been out there for, like, six hours already. Yeah. And I was yeah. just, like, hitting all the spots as fast as I could, just ripping and casting, ripping casting, ripping cast. And I... That video was actually kind of funny, because, like, I caught that thing, and you can tell both Tyler and I were in, like, this deep trance of casting. <laughs> casting and reeling, because we weren't catching shit. And then, finally, we hit that, and we're both freaking out, but... It's it's tough, man. I I will say like the dirty little secret that I found out, especially in the fall, is so uh, I can just walk down to the river, and so I I'd walk down there with with a jerk bait, and I'd walk down there with my with an S waiver. I'd go down and I'd I'd pattern the fish with the jerk bait. I'd figure out the cadence that they wanted. I'd catch two three fish like that. Cool. Set that rod down. Pick up that S waiver, and I would literally just replicate it, and boom, they'd just fucking nail it. And that wasn't that wasn't what I did all summer. Like they were pretty easy to catch in the summertime, but I think that if you can catch them on conventional and then just scale up and keep like that same cadence, especially if you catch you know five or six fish on the jerk bait and like you really get it down, and you have a bait that you can rip around and jerk like a like a jerk bait, then I think that you can just literally just copy that and copy the cadence and catch fish on it because that's what that's what I did for a long time in the springtime or yeah. in the fall, and it was so much fucking fun. That's actually genius. <laughs> but, oh, yeah, we were just talking last year towards the end of the season about river smallmouth because we have this giant Merrimack River that kind of – it's so close that, like, everyone kind of just ignores it, but it's yeah. full of smallmouth. So we were talking about messing around uh, in there next year. Dude, it's – I don't know if you guys have ever caught any river smallmouth, but, dude, they are a different fucking breed. They oh, are yeah. so – yeah, they give a anything in the river is just it's, it's 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 the reason why like Tyler already knows this and actually most of our friends know this now too. I'm usually active on like social media and like all that trash from pre-spawn until the end of May. Yeah, then I disappear because I fish the river for stripers because you just can't beat that. Like those things will hit a topwater bait so hard your shoulders hurt from just them hooking up. And it, to me, that's, like, why I fish, you know, like that. Like, so I like big glides. Like, my Hinkle's my favorite glide bait because you're sitting there, and, and I'm in my head watching the bait swim in the water, 
and then you get hit by a 40 mile an hour freight train. Oh my it's gosh. just the best feeling ever to me. That's why I disappear for a while in the summer because I'm just chasing stripers any, any chance I can. And that's why we won't give up on smallmouth because those things yeah. are like mini stripers. They fight so much better than those green fish. It's like the, the largemouth, they just like, sometimes they just give up and you just yeah. like drag, the big drag them to the boat. Like half the time you hook into like a, anything over a six pounder up here. <sighs> Fuck, I'd say most of the time really. You'll, it's always either for me, top water or a big glide bait. And you'll get that initial hit and you could feel the weight for a minute where you're like, oh shit, this is, a, this is a big one. Yeah, you'll get like two or three head shakes and then that's it. You're just pulling in this giant fat lard ball, you know? <laughs> yeah, that that's like pretty much what it is. But like those smallmouth, like you said, they're the fucking complete opposite. They hit and then oh. they just they just continue to fucking go. They don't even they care. Jump, they they three inches that they swim, jump, shake water ski. Oh, it's the best. And that's like when me and Tyler first started fishing before before we were both like swim bait nerds. That's what we used to do is we would go drop shotting in these big lakes up here. And chase those smallmouth until our skin burned off, just for that one feeling of you set the hook and you're you're in for a ride. You yeah. know. Yeah, dude, that's it's fucking crazy. Um, the the striper thing. Are you fishing like uh, like primarily just swim baits for those striper? Then. Uh, I do a lot of top water. I bring some of my freshwater swim baits out. Um. But it's mainly jerk baits and wake baits for me. So like I still throw I'll throw like the the biggest like SP minnows you can buy. I know it's like cliche, but whatever they work. And I have like a couple snakes that I throw. Uh, anything anything that will create enough turbulence in the river because we live on I think it's like the fourth or fifth fastest river uh, in the world up here in the Saskatchewan. So it gets hairy, and like you need a lot of weight to hold things down if you're fishing in the current. Yeah. And the biggest fish I pulled out have been either directly in the current or off like the little, uh, not like a meander, but like the little pools that kick off on the side of the river. Oh, the yeah, current. like the eddies. Yeah, 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 like the eddies. So like you, the way it is up here is like that water's moving so fast on the incoming and outgoing tide those eddies turn into like washing machines with this like death spiral in the middle where like yep. boats will go in and shut their motors off and just, they'll be stuck inside the eddy until they decide to leave. Right. So the, the stripers usually sit, I catch them just on the edge of the current, but with wake baits, it's impossible because the, the water's moving so damn fast that things just crank down, you know? Yeah, exactly. And like, dude, literally just take, take that river scale it down, slow it down. And that's like, that's, that's the smallmouth fishing river. Like heaven is to have like big pocket eddies and, yeah. and maybe, maybe right. some rock breaks and stuff and just ripping, rock. like ripping glide baits through there. Like, Oh my gosh, dude, that's exactly what it's like here. And it's fucking awesome. Yeah. That's like TK territory for sure. You can murder with those things. That's like, we have a buddy who lives up in uh Kittery, Maine. Zach, that, Zach. Yeah. Zach is. And for my, the last three years, I will say Zach is the most experienced TK fisherman I know. Because every time we go out, he'll he'll wipe me like I I never even casted a fucking lure before with that TK with stripers. Yeah, he's, he's insane. There's a he's couple a guys up here that kill it with TKs on the stripers, but it, it almost seems like it's a timing thing. 
Yeah, like yeah. yeah, they're all posting the fish tanks at the same time of the year, but they they know what they're doing. Dude, I feel like a striper would fuck up a TK, like like literally fuck it up like crack it. So that's the thing too, is like so I have a freshwater TK and I have a saltwater TK. The saltwater TK, if and when I catch fish on it, you release the striper and you change your hooks. Because when you put yeah. bigger at least in my experience, putting like the thicker um like non-wire hooks on those things destroys the swim. So you're like kind of stuck to having these shitty ass, not shitty. They're great for largemouth, but when you're catching you know, 20, 30 pound stripers, those little wire hooks are a joke. So it, it comes down to drag and like the right line with good stretch and being in the right place where you know they're not going to wrap up. But it, it's, I don't know. It's like, it's a weird science to figure out. It's just, it's worth it though. They things get choked. Yeah, Vic, uh, Vic went in some huge fucking uh, foxhole the other day on his episode with Phil. And, like, dude, he just fucking spouted for, like, 10 minutes on how to tune these baits and, and why backing one screw eye makes it swim this way. And, and oh, yeah. I, was like, yeah. I was like, dude, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, somebody's going to need a pen and paper to fucking pull anything from this conversation. Like, I was like, oh, my gosh, dude. Yeah, that, that dude, he catches some good fish, all different species he goes after. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to ask, do you guys have landlocked stripers in any lakes or anything? So we have what they call... <laughs> no, we don't have landlocked striper here, but we have a relative, genetic relative of them that are called white perch. Yeah, yeah, we have, we have some of those. And like, yeah, they're like... Yeah, ice fishing, it's fun to catch because they hit like smallmouth do. But... And you pull them out, and they kind of look like a striper, but just really, 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 really small. Uh, our stripers are seasonal. They, they run up from uh, Chesapeake Bay and a little bit further down. And it's just, depending on where you are, I want to say it's like middle of May until beginning of October. They'll run up, the, up this direction. And it's all, with those things, it's super temperature-based. So like when the river gets warm... You, you don't even waste your time. If you don't have a boat to get out in the water, you're not catching them. Uh, but if it stays cool, I mean, you're crushing schoolies all day, and then at night, it's, it's you know, hope your drag's set right type of stuff. Or you're just bending hooks. Yeah, dude, that's fucking crazy. I wish we had striper so bad. Like, for, for like, people, people say they're bad for, for the fishery and stuff. I, dude, I would, I just want to go somewhere and catch one because they sound like so much fucking fun. It's the, it's the funnest fish I've ever caught. Because, you know, you're catching... Tyler actually came out. He didn't get to do too much striper fishing because of where he lived. I'm close to the seacoast. He was, like I said, an hour uh, west of me. Yeah, what was it? And I'm, I'm roughly 45 minutes from the water east. You know what I mean? Yeah, two years yeah. ago, we went out in Connecticut on a, gui like a guided trip. What the hell are those things? Little, little white things called? Uh, Albie snacks. Albie snacks. Dude, we're, we're catching strikers. We were taking Every like our arms were getting tired. It was the most fun I ever had, and I'm like, shit. Why didn't I bring a pack of white citizens? I'm like, these things I feel like would annihilate it. But it was so much fun just catching fish on every third cast, maybe every other cast. But the guy we went out with knows what he's doing. Yeah, for sure. Uh, with that real cast charter, real cast charter. Yeah, shout out to him. Um, do, do you guys like by catching like fishing on the lakes and stuff? 
Do you guys catch a lot of pickerel? Do you, you guys probably just oh, have pickerel, right? Pickerel, yes. We catch them all the time. It's like, oh, it's, you got a giant, get the net. And it's like a 24-inch pickerel. It's not, it's not mega, it's not like a, an everyday occurrence. But it happened, well, <laughs> it's a pet. Okay, so if you're throwing soft baits, you're fucked. Because pickerel love to, and that's the thing too, it's like, people always gripe um, up here, in this coast, up in where we are. About um, battle shads, because you if a pickerel hits that thing the right way, it's you're only gonna get the head back. Yeah, I think I'm actually done buying battle shad sixes because the pickerel love those fucking things. Shredded. It seems like if you just bump up to a seven point five, you generally knock out ninety percent of them unless you get a really big one. But it's just not worth it spending that much money on a soft bait for a pickerel to just snipe its tail off on yeah. like the third cast it depends like for us up here it's like the the swampier the water gets for some reason the more violent the pickerel get i wish pickerel were, were cool why is <laughs> it not cool like like pike is cool people are like posting pictures of pike but no one gives a fuck about a pickerel <laughs> <laughs> they suck it's again like for me at least it's not because i get i'm not a super I don't. I don't use soft baits a shit ton. I don't see pickerel as much, but I definitely do catch them a lot. And then every time I'm fishing with Tyler, we get to the spots where soft baits kind of pay off. It's just you know we have mended all over the boat. We have multiple carcasses of battle shads and citizens all over the boat because it's like we're, we're getting good, or at least I'm getting better. Tyler's almost a pro at it. There would be multiple carcasses of pickerel, but. Tom's like I, yeah, a, I don't a like big animal lover, so I, I, I can't kill him in front of him. I yell at him, but I don't hurt him. Yeah, but it's, uh, you, after you fish soft baits for a while, you can tell when it's a pickerel. And the you just have to pray, essentially. Like You'll be reeling, you'll feel that goofy-ass head shake that's way too fast, and you kind of just like stop reeling and almost put your rod down. And just hope that the thing spits it out. So when it comes back to the boat, you can mend it or melt it back together. Yeah, if you're fishing a soft bait and it's a good bass, it's just one thump. Yeah, a you pickerel, know. it's like nick, 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 like yeah. a bunch of little. Almost like a perch would hit it, like a yeah. bunch of quick taps. And when yeah. you set the hook, you can feel the sadness happen at the same time, or your bait just getting shredded to nothing. <laughs> yeah, and those those quick taps are them just sucking that bait in and just absolutely getting ready to tear it apart when you set the hook on it. Yeah, exactly. I hate those things. Do you guys have like? Do you guys have snakehead up there or dogfish? Oh, I wish. No, no. <laughs> if really? I did, I have a fish tank full of them. I love those things. They're so pretty. <laughs> uh, damn, dude! Like I those uh, so pike pike are okay, but dogfish. I, we don't have snakehead, unfortunately. But dude, fucking dogfish! I've caught them on accident on on citizens and stuff. Um, just like slow rolling with a flashy, and then it like you can feel a thump, and then like. There was no weight to it, so I just kept reeling. And, dude, this dogfish swam with my citizen in its mouth for probably about 20 yards. And then it gets to the boat, and it just lets the bait go. And I'm like, what the shit? But, like, I've caught him, <laughs> I've caught him on uh, Top Hook Burrito, uh, Jig Gills. Um, shit, what else? Dude, just all sorts of stuff. TKs, like, sight fishing for him. And it is so much fucking fun. Yeah, oh, those things are gnarly. That's rad. So, we- go ahead. What's uh like like pickerel pickerel don't get big, right? Like they're just all little shits, right? Like a twenty-four no. inch pickerel's big. Uh I've I've caught 
cotton is even a word. I've caught, I've had one five pound pickerel my whole life, but I've had a handful. I have pictures of them well over three pounds. It's just, I, mostly, yeah. So the majority of them, you can consider them like bluegill, right? Most uh, yeah. of them are nuggets. You know, you're probably looking ounces to, I don't know, like one and a half, two pounds. Yeah. And then for some reason, I probably because the swim baits, because they're so big, it just seems like we're always catching dinosaur grandpappy pickerel up here. Yeah. It's like if you catch one, maybe over 25, 26 inches, it's maybe worth taking a picture to show your grandmother. <laughs> <laughs> is is there do you guys have anything else that like like bycatch like do you guys have uh um like sauger or anything that you catch accidentally at all nope the only thing we're catching by accident pickerel bluegill uh crappy and yellow perch dude crappy those things will eat like an eight inch weight bait those things are psychos they they are pretty fucking aggressive for only being, you know, 13, 16 inches long and having small ass mouth mouth. Yeah. Like they'll fucking eat some shit. Yep. Giant blow ups on top water, you'd think you just caught like a six pounder, you're like, oh yeah. it's a you wait <laughs> this thing. It's like a little paper plate. I I've got a um good one. Do you do you mod your soft baits at all? Or do you guys like mod any of your baits at all? Yeah. No, I don't so the only Bait that I think are so all right. Yeah, Tom puts Google no. eyes. <laughs> all my citizens have Google eyes. Uh, so I'm a big nail weight guy. So I used I'm a by trade I'm a tag welder. So I have a shit ton of tungsten, and that's like my all. If you went through my soft bait box, they're all weighted. Every one of them. Uh, same thing. Like we were talking about G twos earlier. That was like an ongoing joke. Uh, the year before last was the first, the first like three fish over five that I caught were on a modified G2. And I say the last two five pounders of the season I caught were on the same modified G2 with way bigger hogs, heavier tail, just to get it down deeper. Yeah, and I was then, like, bro, put the G2 down. Yeah. I'm going to have to call it square bill scrutiny. Yeah. I just working. figured out a pattern that worked, and I just stuck with it. And I still have the thing, but you I tried put to put ultra heavy much. hooks on it and a big ass Aluminum. Yeah, trailer. I put uh, ST36s on a G2, and I put um, an Elude uh, heavyweight tail on the back of it. So, like, when it sits in the water, it sits probably like eight to 10 inches down. And it cranks down another foot maybe after that. Damn. But I, I don't really, like, all my pads have upgraded hooks that are heavier because I don't really care for the wake side of them. Yeah, you know, but... like, not really fish many uh, factory or whatever, you know, builder, stock, oh, yeah. yeah. dies. Uh, my teeny tom. Uh, and my hinkle. That's it. Those are the ones that are stock. Yeah, I don't actually get all that fancy with the soft baits. I'll I'll mess around with nail weights and different hook sizes, but I'm like to me it's actually super simple. I just fish Gilbert's baits really just slow and steady. Yeah. I try and tell people people ask me all the time, how like, what the fuck? How are you catching these fish? I'm like, I just slow rolling these as close to the bottom without touching bottom, mainly because the bottom on the 
places that we fish, it's like mainly muck. Yeah, like right, so gnarled, yeah. if it was rock if it was rock bottom it'd be a different story but i'm not trying to get buried in that muck so i'm just trying to stay low as possible without getting into that muck and just reeling it slow as possible while still getting that tail kick that's why i'm a big fan of his new he's got a softer plastic with the citizens yeah. yep yeah and a lot of people are complaining because they Dude, only have a couple fish that. and it gets torn up but yeah yeah, what do you want? You want to catch like your PB, or you just want yeah, your bait to last and you can fish it all day yeah, and not catch shit. It. But to me, it's all about fishing it as slow as possible while still getting that tail kick. And if yep. I only can catch two fish on it, but they're two giant fish, then I'm willing to buy some more baits. Like, I don't know. It, 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 yeah. it, it all depends. I've been a battle shad junkie, like I said, since. I don't even know. Like, right around when Mike started producing them. Um, ironically, so, like, Battle Shads were, like, my intro to soft baits. Uh, of big, big baits. And I only knew about them essentially because I followed Mike from um, all his skateboarding adventures. Yeah. That's why like, our videos, like, we try to, like, kind of make skate videos out of fishing, you know? Right, yeah. But I only ever threw battle shads. Like, Citizens came out. Tyler was hooked on them. He bought a bunch. He threw me a pack. And I hated them. They were, like, stiff. And it just didn't feel right to me. So I, I actually still have the first Citizen Tyler ever gave me. I have hanging up on my bait board. And then uh, I just stuck with battle shads for forever. And then Mike came out with the softer ones last year. Yeah, I think so. Last year. And I now have a 50-50 split of Battle Shads and Citizens because those things, those new Citizens, like Tyler said, everybody, every time you go on, like, the internet, people are bitching about them. They are the holy grail to me. Those are, those are the best baits. I mean, I think he's always messing around with the, the stiffness of the plastic and stuff, so it's, like, an ongoing thing. But yeah. I'm definitely a fan of the, the softer stuff. Yeah, that dude's an innovator, for sure. He's, he's, we, would, we would throw all their soft baits, but it's just everywhere we fish is full of grass shit lily pads if we were just fishing like open water lakes which i actually want to target more this year but open water lakes with rocky bottoms i'd, I'd be fishing other guys baits with jig hooks like burritos and stuff but, yeah, yeah i got a bunch of burritos and we've thrown them um but yeah. like tyler said it's you almost because i i love when baits sink fast like that's why all my battle shads and citizens are nail weighted to shit for whatever odd reason, that's just like my comfort zone. That's my confidence area. So burritos are dialed as far as that concerned. As far as weight and swim goes, right off the box, they're perfect. Yeah. But that open jig hook where we fish is like the milfoil catcher. Yeah. And you can't swim that thing. Y'all cast it, and like before it's in the water, I already have the bail closed. I'm already reeling. I get three turns in. I already got pads. I already got milfoil. I got some gross gorilla snot. Like. The other, I just can't fish them. The other little tip that some guys might get something from is even if you're fishing shallow, you might want to throw some nail weights in these soft baits like Mike's baits because if you don't and you cast that out, it kind of just like does this weird like pancake fall to the bottom. But if you weight them, they'll like Jimmy. swim down to the bottom. So yeah. You can actually get yeah. bit on the initial cast, which a lot of guys I think are missing out on. Yeah, it goes back to like the whole, like I said in the beginning, jig fishing thing when I transferred over. That's why I forever have weighted those things. I was, again, I was a noob, so bash me all you want, but I was had bullet weights 
on my line in front of my battle shafts just <laughs> to get that nose to fall yeah. straight down. Almost like a, a bait fish was like picking, you know, whatever a parasite throw the fuck off the sand. That's how I started fishing them. So that's still that's the same thing I do today, except now I just use nail weights, so it looks a cleaner presentation, you know. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, so you got you guys obviously up up in uh, the New England area. So how many how many pats do you guys have, or how many pats have you guys had? Jesus Christ! There's, there's some places we go and we're like, oh, we can't fish here because it's all pads. <laughs> yeah, I believe that. <laughs> it's it's wild, dude. I I couldn't even. I think it depends. Like the the ponds have a lot more pads than the lakes, pats. but oh, pats. Yeah, yes, uh, pats, I said pats, pats, yeah, right? yeah, pats, pats. After yeah. the tea, I oh. think at my peak, <laughs> uh, I fuck, I, I don't know, fifteen, maybe thir- 12, 13, 15. I don't even know anymore. To be honest with you, again, I'm a boomer when it comes to this stuff. So I, yeah, I've had every, well. Yeah, I've had pretty much every pats, except for maybe four, styles wise. Crawler or something, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, I have, yeah, I got that stuff. Um, my, so I've had like four piece fat wakes that for a while were my go to. I've moved on from them, and my go to pats now I have uh, a cr- wake and crank pats perch that I have a backup for. That does I do not leave home without. I always have, that bait's in the water every single time I go. Yeah, if, if Tom makes ten casts and doesn't catch a fish, that the pass the pass gets in the water. <laughs> like I have a gill that I bring, a mango gill. I have a one of one crappy that I bring out. I have what's that black one I have? That giant white four piece that you have. Oh yeah, I got that. That too. thing's sweet. I, I have a few that I kept. Yeah, that, still left that I still <laughs> rotate through. Um, so for your original question, probably we'll call it a dozen for me. What? And I have out of that dozen, three that I bring with me. And one is literally, I have a packed setup just for that one bait. That's it. What's awesome now is you can win a pass by playing in football squares. Football squares, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, a lot of guys are like, what are you talking about? You have to be in the group to know. But like, I, I joined in two Pats tournaments this year and completely sucked. So now I'm like trying to buy football squares every week yeah. to win a bait. <laughs> yeah, not before the hype was gigantic. It was like, it used to be, before there was a Pats page, there was a page called uh, Big Baits and Buffs where it was just like a small group. I mean, there's probably under 100 people on the page. And we had like meetups and hangouts, whatever. And I'm not gonna say it was easy to get a bait, but compared to today, it was very easy to get a bait. So luckily for me, that's where most of mine came from. Uh, and you know, back when those things were being raffled back then, it was like 28 bucks a spot, I want to say. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I had nights where I won two or three in a night, like in a row. So yeah, uh, that's how I, I built my collection up. Like, I never met Pat. I fished his ponds and stuff. Like, I never actually met the dude. It's um, crazy to see, like, a private group like that, like, set the standard. Because now everyone's doing, like, tournaments to, like, win a bait and yeah. shit. And... Yeah. Um, I, I had gotten, I, I don't know, you guys probably remember that big, the big purge they had on the Pat's page this year. And uh, I, I had gotten kicked from it. And I was like, ah, oh, shit. And then I talked to some guys at the gathering. I ended up getting added back. But, uh, yeah, dude, like, 
like now every there's a lot of bait building pages out there now that that are kind of modeled after that same thing. Obviously, they're not as exclusive as as the Pats like the Pats bait themselves are, but but it's it's cool to see that other guys are starting to kind of branch off and, and do their own thing like that now too. Yeah, it's I mean it's fun to fish fish for a bait, you know, especially yeah. in like an exclusive hype bait. Yeah, where yeah. It, that's what it's all about, right? Yeah, he, there's the the Gill, the Gill Glock. I don't, I'm pretty sure. I don't know. There was somebody, I think it was uh, David Greenleaf had posted up like a pink Gill. And I saw that thing. And I was like, dude, that, that was, that was one of the baits I'd want. And then I want to, I want to see the crawlers swim too. Like I, the crawlers pretty, pretty interesting looking. I like the way that looks too. Yeah. So the, the crawlers, uh, I don't know how much I'm allowed to say about this, but. There's a guy on the Pat's page that makes crawlers who learned directly from Pat because they're homies. Yeah, that's interesting. So we have two of his crawlers. And if you swim side by side, I actually prefer the other guy's crawler over the Pat's crawler because okay. it, the butt, the rear end on that thing wiggles. Yeah. Like it, it, almost, it almost throws its own two wakes out of one bait. Like, it's the most aggressive crawler I think I've ever used. Yeah, I yeah. actually I put out a video fishing that specific crawler all day long because I didn't, before that day, literally the day I filmed that video, I never caught a fish on a crawler. So I'm right. like, fuck, I'm, I want to just commit to this bait all day and see what happens. And it ended up being a pretty good day. And now it's like one of my top confidence baits. They're, they're crazy. Yeah, that, uh, that, that crawler is definitely uh, a unique shape uh diff a little bit different from the pats and i've never gotten to to see one swimmer or see like to fish one or anything but i could see where it's where it's got its own special swim to it for sure they're super aggressive that's it's almost like uh what were those rattling japanese baits we had those two-piece goofy things i'm blanking right now we had yeah we had these everybody even knows what they are i'm just, we're both blank on the name but uh, these little Japanese. Uh, oh, oh, the Jokers, the DRT. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> Those things, like, so if you threw a DRT Joker, how annoying it is to fish that thing. Well, the ones like, with the they have some need, like, rattles and ones, the ones with the rattles. rattles. Yeah. yeah. Those things, as obnoxious as they were, it's kind of what like made them separate from everything else. But yeah, the crawlers are the same way. Like these things, you can cast that thing out 50 yards if you could. And you can not only see the thing swimming and flashing, but you can feel it in the rod and hear it from that far away. They're just super, super, super aggressive. That's fucking, that's crazy. They're wild. Yeah. It's tough. It's honestly tough to get used to because you're like, how the fuck is this thing going to produce anything? And then your first like two or three blow ups, you're like, all right, I'm not fishing anything besides this today. <laughs> Right, I I've caught a lot of fish on that smaller, like dude, like the OG, like '90s, the uh, head headland, like. Oh like, yeah, 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 Hedens. Yeah, so I I have yeah. one of those, and I caught a lot of smallmouth on it this this summer, and I was like, fuck, like now now I need to get a swim bait one just to see what it's all about because I think it'd be fucking so loud, and I I I think I have I'd have confidence in a crawler, but not in a wake bait for some reason. I don't know. Yeah, at night it's it's. Again, I hate it. Tyler loves it. It's definitely, in my opinion, confidence-based. So, like, Tyler will throw... That's what he usually throws is that crawler. I'll throw, like, the OG XL. 
or just whatever. I'm, I'm more subtle. Like I like like my uh, slammer, where you don't really hear it, but you know in your head that thing's making a big presentation. That's more my style. But Tyler always crushes me with the loud ones. Always. That's funny. Um, how how often do you guys run into people, whether that be on the ramp or the lake, or even just launching your crawdads in, into these spots, like? guys who are swim bait fishing that either you know or you don't know like do you guys run into a lot of people like that uh more often than you would think you'll be out there and you'll just hear splash and you're like that wasn't a cinco yeah (laughs) usually like dudes throwing battle shads it's the tip off because we're so used to that pancake sound of those things slapping the water yeah and we're like oh shit look over and like we're both stop fishing staring at the guy who's casting to try to see what he's throwing but more often you have what the hell are you trying to catch yeah. with that thing? <laughs> There's no sharks out here. Yeah, that's a fucking classic. I feel like everybody fucking gets that shit all the time. Yeah. Dude. It's funny. Yeah, food fucking hell. Um, I'm trying to think. I There was something I wanted to say earlier that I can't remember. Is there anything else you guys want to talk about off the top of my head while I try to fucking brainstorm this, this thing I had? Yeah, you keep thinking. We have... Uh, oh, that's, that's what it was. Out with... Um, Joey with the Psycho Girls that yeah, yep. we put out the artwork for all the photos. Hopefully, like I said, this week at the Bates, we have another even bigger collab as far as um, physical baits on hand. With a, uh, I'm not even gonna say it actually. It's we have a, a local builder who's hooking us up. We're gonna have a, a, a good spread. So hopefully, more people get their hands on them. Uh, some custom baits. We're shooting for hopefully just after pre-spawns, like early, early summer. But yeah. you know, you know how that goes. So just just yeah. keep an eye on the Instagram because that's where we do most of the updates. Is through there. If you watch the YouTube videos towards the end, we're gonna start dropping little uh, hints as to when things are gonna be going live on the website. Uh, yeah. We got a bunch of merch in the shoot now. Like, Jesus Christ, probably five, six or seven new things coming out from stickers, hats, hoodies, you name it. And then we have two or three more designs coming up behind them, even. Again, oh, probably post spawn summertime. Yeah. Damn, you guys are cooking. Yeah, we got uh, a couple of videos in the mix now. We got a bunch of new camera gear. We got some sliders. We got a couple of gimbals. Like, we really, over this winter, I've been stepping it up, um, trying to make the, the videos a little bit more quality, um, a little more detailed. Yeah, this, this is perfect, because that, that was the question I was going to ask you guys, was, was the videos, like how you guys got into it and stuff. Yeah, it was pretty much just buy buy a gopro and go fucking yeah. fuck around with it and then you right, just, yeah. uh, and then you start getting on youtube and looking into better equipment and trying to learn all the crazy stuff tom has these crazy expensive cameras that he's learning stuff on because his wife's a professional photographer but oh dude that, that is any, so clutch. any we don't make much money doing what we do but any money we make we put back into it whether it be camera gear or yeah, whatever yeah. We're, we're always trying to improve yeah. especially on the video aspect because that's what we, we we feel is like the core is right, what we're yeah. trying to do yeah as soon as things get too easy like comfortable because we started with just you know 
iPhones or whatever, and like stepped it up to beginner DSLRs. And then once that became a thing, I'm like, well, fuck it, I'm going mirrorless. So I spent an absurd amount of money on a nice mirrorless body and a lens. And then I'm like, well, I don't like this lens. Went to three more lenses and then the gimbal. And now I got a slider. And it's like between Tyler and I uh, using both of or all of our talents combined, we're, we're just trying to aim for like the, not exactly like long videos, but like long enough where not only is it visually appealing, but we're going to talk enough where you can learn a bit off of it too, you know? So it's not just like, oh, sick, like a, a hype, you know, skate video, but with fishing. It's like, well, it's that, and this is why we're fishing this cold front. This is why we're using the baits we use. This was what, why it worked, how it worked, et cetera, you know? And we're not also trying to act like we know it all. We're, all, we're trying yeah. to keep, like, the conversation going. So, yeah. like, yeah. we're always asking people to, like, strike up the conversation in the comments. So if, if we're talking about new baits and we don't have much, much experience with it, but someone who saw the video does, like, let us know what's working for you so you can help us. Yep. <laughs> yeah, we've learned a lot. It's like, it's again, we try to push out as much information as we can as far as our experiences and what we've had work for us. And thankfully, the, probably one of the few good things about social media is our DMs are every day constantly full. And it, it's just great because people see our videos, see our posts like, hey, you know, have you ever tried this with that bait? Because it works for me and it sounds crazy, but you should try it. So, of course, <laughs> write it down. We go out the next day and try it. Like, it's, it's, it's just great to have that again, back to the community again. Yeah, that's fucking sick. It's, it's sick that you guys kind of have somebody at least with a background behind cameras because, dude, that shit is hard to figure out. Dude, you're telling me. Jesus Christ. I lost like two years of my life to learn how to take a damn picture. Dude, we talk about getting our YouTube degrees. Yeah, dude. Just about anything everyone learned. Yeah, like like, pictures are one thing, and then you got to learn how to take videos and shit. Like, I don't really... I. I know my way behind a camera, like as far as the picture aspect, but video, dude, I have no fucking idea what I'm doing at all. Yeah, I feel like the complete opposite. I feel like video, I can kind of know what I'm doing, but when it comes to taking a picture, I'm like, Tom, does this look good? Like, I think it looks good. And he'd be like, no, that's kind of looks like shit. <laughs> polar opposite for me is like, I'm just now, I'm probably two ish years into photography, which I do. Not daily, but definitely weekly between yeah. all my cars, my friends' cars, my animals, all that trash, my plants and everything. I've, I've gotten to the point now where I'm confident in my skills with, like, with uh, photography. Yeah. And when I make videos, I send them a Tyler. I'm like, uh, can you unfuck this thing and like make it better? Because I don't know what I did, but it's horrible. Dude, so he's like it's- saving grace when it comes to video editing. Vice versa. It's it's funny that you talked about taking pictures about cars and stuff because that that's how I learned how my way behind a camera is like car photography and um it's it's yet to transfer over to the podcast stuff because I haven't like gotten into taking pictures of like merch and stuff but like yeah dude like I I was super hardcore into car photography for like two years and um I don't know it was it was super badass and like I'm gonna start offering like all my all my designs and prints and stuff because I know how to do that shit. But like, yeah, like it cam- camera work is it, it's intriguing. Like you get pissed off at it and then you finally figure it out. And then you realize that, oh, I want to do I want to do this better. And you're like, oh, fuck. Well, now I got to spend another two weeks to figure this out. And it's oh, just 
It's it's a never ending cycle. Thousand dollars. Yeah, say two weeks and two grand. Yeah. 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 And I, like, it's oh, essentially for me, it's come down to especially like the car stuff. Not to get too far off topic, but um, the lighting is key. You know, yeah. what I mean? lighting in your background because like when I take my hot rods out, I try to say like industrial or near water, something that you could look at the photo and be like, oh, this could have been taken in 1953. Right. Yeah. And when it comes to the swim bait stuff, it's like not only lighting, but color, like background color, things like that. It's, I have a, a 69 Volkswagen Fastback that if you go to our website, 90% of our merch, I take pictures of on it because it has like the super green or super patina green paint that makes all of our shirts pop like they're, they're 3D. Dude, and that was like, that's perfect. one thing I found out by experimenting where I'm like, oh, this is way too perfect. Yeah, Dude, we, al- so fucking awesome. we always joke because we're getting better and better with the camera shit. We're like, why did we do a swim bait channel? Like, why, <laughs> why did we do like motorcycles where we could just go out, ride, and get footage? Like, the hardest part for us is catching the fish. <laughs> like, we'll spend all this time and money going out fishing and we get skunked. We're like, oh, that was a productive day. <laughs> Yeah, dude, exactly. I'm, I'm pulling up some pictures to send you over on Instagram of some of the stuff I did. And, like, dude, like, uh, it took a long time. But finally, like, when you get it down, like, you have it down pat. And it's just, like, I could I could ramble off my settings to anybody who asked on, on, the, on the pictures I was taking. And they like, oh, that doesn't really make much sense. And I'm like, yeah, it didn't to me either. But, uh, you know, after a while, I figured out, oh, this does this and this does that. And it just... I don't know. You get you get good at it. Like that goes with anything. Like when you put put your time into it, it's you're gonna get at least decent with it. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. But uh, I mean, um, what what I mean, wrapping it up. If you guys don't have anything else to talk about, what are uh, what are some companies and in, in some pages to sh- for you guys to shout out on here? Uh, definitely nameless. Justin has been the nicest person for like I've never actually met him in real life. But we talk so much. I feel like he's a close friend of mine. Yeah, uh, he's like, he's just like a sweet arbor dude. Builds some like crazy cool cars. Dog lover, and he builds the best rods I've ever used ever. So I I definitely like to shout him out. He's he's just a great human being in general. Yeah, I don't know anybody with better customer service than him. Like you, yeah. you message him and he gets right back to you with like a paragraph of explaining it. But yep. other than him, uh, Mike Gilbert helps us out quite a bit. So. Mike yeah. and Justin are the two guys that help us out the most. So shout out to Nameless Custom Rods and Working Class Zero. Yeah, Gilbert's been, um, the, again, uh, just a, such a nice dude for the last, I don't even know, <laughs> you know, since like 2015. Every time I've ever messaged that guy, it's the same day response. And he's very thorough and very, very professional, very friendly. He's, he's a great dude badass man um shout out the uh, the instagram and the and the youtube for anybody who doesn't follow yeah so a- anywhere uh facebook instagram youtube it's swimbait scrutiny straight up so give us a follow subscribe to our channel yeah okay so we got those bait drops coming up so we're gonna we'll probably announce the drop for the psycho gills on social media probably like instagram facebook and then the drop for the other companies baits which people are going to really want we're going to do through youtube so you're going to keep an eye on there we're going to sprinkle them in throughout the videos and then when the drop day comes up and one of the closings of the videos we're going to give you the date and time that way it just keeps things a little bit more fair than social media where the the post is there for everyone to see 
and then people get mad because they're like, oh, you know, the drop lasted 20 seconds. It's like, well. Yeah, we're kind of trying to reward the guys that, like, watch our videos and stuff oh, like that. Oh, yeah, dude, for sure. Take care, you know? Yeah. Like, they, they hook us up. We want to take care of them, too, so. Yeah, dude, I like, understand that for sure. Stuff, man. <laughs> yeah, and, and like, I, I obviously, like it always is, all your guys' stuff will be linked in the in the show notes for anybody who wants to go check you out, and, and the links will be to all that good stuff. Um. Uh, trying to think here. I think that's everything. I want to thank you guys for coming on. You know, we, you know, it only took about five, six months, but we finally, we started <laughs> yeah, off 2023. Yeah. Finally, we got to get you guys on. <laughs> yep. Starting off with a bang. So hell yeah, man. Um, Shout out to you too. And yeah. what you're doing. Thank what, you for having what us. What you're doing is awesome. Keep it going. Appreciate it. Yeah, dude, I, I appreciate it. It's, uh, it, it's been, it's been an interesting journey. That's for sure. I, I will say, I never thought that it was going to be like this. Like I maybe is like, Oh, a hundred people will listen to it, but you yeah, know. I think it's just a start for you too. So. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, dude. Like, like, dude, I, I posted you guys up uh, on, on my story and there was already three or four people that had already slid up and like, and like, reacted to the story. I'm like, Oh my gosh. But like, it's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy that there's, you know, eight, anywhere from 800 to 1500 people that listen to just one episode. And it's like, holy shit. Like, I, I mean, I don't think I'm that interesting people. I don't think you're listening just to hear me talk. Like it's obviously because of the guests, but I'm like, wow, like it's just crazy that that many people listen in general, in my opinion, I like, guess. Yeah. All. That goes back to what we were talking about with the swim bait community. We just yeah, dude. We all have each other's backs and support yeah. each other. So it's awesome to see. Yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, keep keep your guys keep your guys' eyes open. Maybe maybe uh, we'll we'll have a meetup some point in time with the with the tour stuff. Whenever I actually post that, I'll, I'll send you guys over the logo and stuff because yeah, sure. nobody nobody's fucking seen it. Like it's still under wraps as far as like anybody knows. There's only been a couple people that have seen it. But um, I want to I want to thank Tom and Tyler for coming on. It's super badass. Uh, make sure, like I said, you guys follow them on on all the socials. Make sure you guys follow the podcast scales and tails underscore podcast on Instagram um make sure if you guys haven't already give the show a, a rating on your listening platform i think we were just at like 53 53 ratings on on spotify with 4.9 uh you know uh average which is fucking crazy i cannot believe that but um shit other than that you guys will be listening to this like from a week from now so i i don't really know what to what to elaborate on i have i have the january stickers on the way they're lost in the mail so who knows if i'll have to order more of those or not but those are with clayton sly sly guy lures and that'll be a pretty sick bait he's getting it all finished painted up and stuff i don't know if it's going to be a bluegill or a trout but either way pretty badass bait a one-on-one paint job as far as i know um fuck i think other than that i think that's about everything oh patreon obviously scales and tails patreon if you guys want to have behind the scenes stuff they're going to get first dibs on some merch and stuff that's going to be coming out in the next couple weeks and then i'll open up a pre-order for guys who are interested but other than that i think that is about it so like i said i want to thank the swim bait scrutiny guys for coming on make sure you guys go follow them i was uh i was watching a couple of their episodes while we were talking so if i was a little off on the questions that's why because i was i was i kind of got stuck down a rabbit hole watching you guys watching you guys the the good the bad the ugly uh i watched when you guys dump a dump a rod into the lake <laughs> But uh, yes, I want to thank you guys for watching or for listening. Thank you guys for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode and I'll talk to you guys next time. See you guys.